because I made the song, Who Are You? <laughs> I am you. I oh, am you. Yeah, back, that's literally because Julian Back up and, and redo Jillian. it. <laughs> back up and hey, redo it. <laughs> who are you? I am you. I am me. No, sir, you are you. Julian and Julian. That's like the surreal listening to that. It's hilarious. <laughs> but literally, um, I made that song in 2019. Before that song, I made a song called Whoa. And people were just doing the woe to it. I didn't create the woe, but I made a basically a theme song for the song. Who made and, that move? Uh, oh, his name was uh. What's cooking, everybody? If you are on YouTube right now, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button on the video. And thank you, as always, for checking out the channel. To everyone who is listening on Apple or Spotify, thank you for checking out the show there. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on Apple, hit that follow button on Spotify, and I look forward to seeing you guys again for future episodes. Now, I am joined in the bunker today by my friend, Jufu, a.k.a. in real life, Julian. So we had Julian squared in the studio today. Love that. But Jufu, if you heard the little preview snippet of the episode out front, he is the artist behind the songs Who Are You, Woe, and some others from TikTok, and the kid is uber, uber talented. So Julian had reached out to me back in the beginning of August, and at first I thought it was like a joke, and then it was actually him. So we started talking, and then a few weeks ago I was like, hey, you want to come down from Brooklyn and do an episode? He was like, absolutely. So... I'm not kidding you when I tell you he rolled in here and we had two hours to shoot. We even went a little over time, but he he was on a tight schedule and we walked right into the studio, threw on the headphones and started, which even when I had that mix up on time one time with Will Toms, like we didn't go that fast. So the first five minutes or so, bear with me, we were warming up a bit and then we got right into it and it was was smooth sailing from there on out. But it was nice to talk to somebody who has been – consistently early to things on the internet. This is a kid who was creating content when he was 13 years old. He's still a baby. I mean, he's like 21 now, so he's got his whole life in front of him. But he was creating content when he was like 13 years old on Vine and then was on Musical.ly, which was the app prior to TikTok and built a following there before continuing to build a following on TikTok. And now over the last year or so, he's been focusing a lot less on making content for the first time and more on creating music as he is an artist signed with Universal Music Group. And like I said, the kid is really fucking good. So it's great to talk with him about that. We also got into some crypto stuff. We got into some conspiracy stuff. So it's still a full-blown, nice, wide-ranging podcast. And I hope to have him down here again. And I look forward to seeing what he's going to do next because the kid's already had some great success. And and I'm really rooting for him because he's a great, great guy. I think you'll love him. That said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendfire. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the nuance? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. Been waiting to say this. Julian, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Me in the building. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, actually. You're looking great, man. <laughs> Woke up at, at six and uh, not six in the morning. I'm bugging nine in the morning to come here, and um, I haven't been like this deep in Jersey in a while. Definitely, 
Uh, I used to live in Jersey actually for like four months in Colts Neck. If you're familiar with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was living out there for a little bit. With uh, when was that? Uh, that was from November into March this year. So November 2020 into March 2021. What were you doing out there? I so I have a couple of friends who live in a house, like a big house in in Jersey. Um, Colts Neck, yeah, it's probably Neck. a fucking monstrosity. Yeah, and uh, the neighbors definitely don't like us, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I went, I visited the house because uh, I have a record with one of the people who live there, and um, I visited the house one time. I was like, "Yo, this would be fire if we turned this house into like a into like a content house situation mm. and like brought in brand deals and like just turned it into a really like productive house and." Um, I ended up moving in there, and that was the idea. Um, so what'd you guys do? Just, so like, creating content the whole time, or? Essentially, that was the plan. Um, <laughs> it didn't necessarily go exactly as planned, for me, at least. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just don't live there anymore. But uh, it was definitely a good a good living and learning experience, for sure. Just, like, having the experience, like, living with a bunch of different people who come from different places have different just mannerisms like living with people versus like hanging out with people on a regular mm. two different things like you get a whole different like understanding of like who somebody is when you live with them god damn so, right dude it was it was it was a good it was an interesting experience i always overall. tell people don't live with someone until you marry her yeah, or, or, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Other way around. Live with someone before you marry her. It's live. like, oh, smart. You, you know, she better be able to live with you too. It's yeah. like, it's a very hard thing. And then when you have roommates in college and stuff, obviously, like that's not a relationship. But still, it's right. like you learn a lot. You're 100 percent right. You learn a lot about people. Everyone's got their own different ticks, their own different ways that they need space and then not need space. Sometimes it's it's a different vibe. I was in my room like most of the time <laughs> how many people were in there um it was a five bedroom house but it was like nine of us in there we made it work <laughs> wow that's a, i mean that's a we lot had of the people. space to do it it was just five bedrooms but we turned non-bedrooms into bedrooms sure yeah and cold snack you could probably do that yeah but who was like what kind of people were in there just like other um, creators or musicians specifically so, uh me being one of the artists in the house um there was also a dj um he still is there we have the same manager so like everything's like good blood um but uh yes it was me a dj a pizzeria owner uh (laughs) um security guard who also has music aspirations and he's dropping music um and like two girls uh Mm, there's there you go there's like basically and those two girls, like, they were growing their TikTok simultaneously of living there. Photographer, videographer was living there. Um, but, like, it was a, it was an interesting, interesting experience overall, for sure. Yeah, and you're not, like, a newbie at all. And this, this is what has me really curious. And, yeah. by the way, like, first person to roll up with a crew today. I was loving it. <laughs> Mom and dad downstairs. Hey, this man, is, yo, this yo, is great. This is, like, important. We've made yeah, it now. I, I've learned... That they are all I have. That's they awesome, are literally man. all I have, and um, in a way, I'm all they have because, like, I'm their only son. So it's like, they're sheesh. How do I put this? Like, I'm just the only son. Like, I, you might know what I what I mean by that. Like, it's a very like 
there's a different way that you're raised when you're the only one and um it could be a there's 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 great aspects to it and there's negative aspects to it depending on your perception of of the situation but um i'm very thankful for them overall i agree a thousand we we have two julians in here who are yes both only children julian and julian i should have so. did a grand intro like <laughs> yeah. julian and julian show <laughs> no i i would i would say you just described that pretty perfectly it's like anything else there's upsides right. there's downsides but like if you have a great relationship with your parents too which you clearly do the upsides are so much better and I'll definitely say the same on my end. Even when I drive, my mom nuts, which I definitely <laughs> do. But it's it's got to be very different as a parent when you only have – it's like you have all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. in a way. Because li- you live through your kids. And I don't have kids. I know that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't understand it, but I can understand that aspect of it. And not to say that parents who have multiple kids – don't live through all them too. It's just right. it's it's a little different. It's like there's more. You probably put a little more pressure on yourself as a parent. Yeah, I could I could I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Um, man, yeah, that makes me want to want to bring my parents in here real quick. At <laughs> Get the end, maybe we'll give them a cameo. That'd be great. Yeah. But you were when when I was saying about the creative part. Yeah. How old are you right now? Been a long time. Uh, twenty one. Okay. 21 and you've been creating old, since you were thirteen. Since I was thirteen. Late, where'd you start early well it was late 13 um in 2000 2000 blah, 2013 <laughs> <laughs> i was I, I i aged with the years thankfully um but yeah uh basically went from uh i lied not, not late 2013 i just hadn't turned i hadn't turned 14 yet so oh right so beginning of vine, 14. vine came out in right. january 2013 i mean january 2014 and um, I was 13 at the time. I got on the platform. Um, I had some friends who were doing comedy skits uh, on the platform, and uh, their names were Comedy Kings. It was my friend Jack and Yuri, two Russian kids. Okay. Super, super funny. Uh, good friends of mine. Um, unfortunately, we don't speak anymore, but shout out to Jack and Yuri, wherever you guys are right now. Everything all good? Yeah, of course. It was just time, time and yeah. we went to different high schools. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they had, uh, 500 followers on Vine. I really wanted to reach the same, like, I just thought it was cool. I was like, dang, they got 500 followers. People are enjoying their videos in school. Let me try to do the same thing. And, um, I got on the platform, started making comedy sketches. Like what were you doing, bro? I was. It was <laughs> I wish we could pull up a Vine compilation, but basically, um, I don't even know how to look at them. Right now. <laughs> um, I don't know how to define them. It was just me playing different characters all the time. Like I was, I would be, mm. I would be a crazy mom and the son. I would be a, t- a Spanish teacher and the student. Like I would just always be playing different characters and um, just making skits overall. Like that was that was my wave. Like. King Batch was one of my inspirations at the time. Mm. And just like, it was just a great time period. Like, I would re- want to relive one of those days. Dude, Vine had it, man. They really had it and they blew it. Because one of the things that's so obvious that they figured out was the need for really short form creativity. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was what, like six seconds was what you had for a Vine? If I'm not mistaken, 6.5. Okay, 6 point. Let's be be exact here. Very scientific. I'm with a real creator. So anyway, it was like 6.5 seconds, and 
that's where you know some of these guys like the paul brothers that's where they started and there was so much talent because people used the constraints to create even better more repeatable hilarious things and i don't know how much you're like familiar with the very end of vine like how it went down do you know like that whole thing to my knowledge the only thing that i've ever heard was that the app wasn't listening enough to their creators yep. and that kind of led to the fall of it yeah they thought that they were infallible and so the creators were being offered money at different places and and like how big did your following get on there i had 216,000 on there okay so you got which pretty was solid. like for vine days it was like pretty pretty lit it was good. yeah <laughs> yeah so it was a grind. they went to like the biggest guys the guys with millions on there had all the other platforms coming to them right. offering checks to come and create and vine was saying no no we're we're not doing that and they gave him one last chance there was like a famous meeting out in la i think i don't know who was there but some of the big creators and then they said no and at this point obviously vine's long been owned by twitter and so then it just folded because like of course people are going to go where they're getting offered money yeah (laughs) you know it's a lot of time that goes into that stuff 100 percent. i was really excited for vine 2 vine 2.0 is supposed to be a thing but it never it never ended up happening was that going to be the founder doing that from what I heard, I think it was the founder trying to do it, and it wasn't going to be with Twitter. It was just going to be its own entity, but it never happened. He probably had a I lot like of... it did happen actually briefly, but it just wasn't successful. He probably had a lot of intellectual property problems with that because they bought it, you know? So, like, any patents or stuff that he was using to create that, I'm sure Twitter vaguely owned at least things that are attached to it. So... Yeah, I mean, once it's done, it's done. But you didn't stop. You rolled uh, right in, right? I just kept going. And where'd you go? Uh, from Vine. Yeah. Into Musical.ly. So, I mean... Tell people what that they is. They were taking... Musical.ly is what TikTok is now. Um, mm-hmm. So, basically, uh, my comedy skits were doing some damage, I guess, <laughs> and on, on Vine. And Vine was still around when Musical.ly came around. It was just kind of... It was reaching its, like, final months. Um but musically started taking my sounds from Vine, which they were doing for a lot of Viners, um, and putting it under the comedy section on Musical.ly for people to lip sync to. Mm. So people were basically lip syncing whatever comedy skits were on the Musical.ly list, like the top sounds and stuff like that. And um, they were doing that with my sounds before I was even on the platform. So they were just taking my sounds and putting it up there. From like Vine? Yeah, under comedy. and No kidding. Yeah, so... I was like, oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a good opportunity to, you know, get on the platform since yeah. they already know who I am, I guess. And um, I did that, got on the platform, um, and was able to grow really fast. I started uh, reposting a couple of my vines, um, which was also allowing me to create new original sounds for people to lip sync to. And then I also made, uh, what is it? Um I made several sounds we could talk about, but um, essentially I made, um, nah, they took my sounds and I got on the platform finally, got verified at like 40,000 on there. So the mm. blue check mark that I have on my TikTok currently has been there since 2015. 
Damn. When it was still a crown, it wasn't a verified check mark at the time. Now, just to stop you for one second, because yeah. I'm curious about this. I wasn't on Musically in 2015. Yeah. Didn't like even it. know it existed at the time. <laughs> I was pretty early at TikTok, right. but TikTok just bought, as I understand it, the parent company, Douyin, bought Musically and then moved it over as TikTok. TikTok. How much was the UI and UX, like the user experience, similar though back then i'm hearing you talk about like original sounds and stuff but like does it look a lot like tiktok does now very different really very very di significantly different mm. um musically it was uh primarily like a reddish like reddish orangish color um for everything on the app um like the color of the follow button on tiktok but that was like the primary color of the app mm. i would say um what do you mean like on the oh the actual app logo the follow button yeah, but that. oh well, the logo and then just like more of the colors that they used, um, like your profile instead of white or black, um, for your profile background, which you can choose like the dark theme or the or the light theme. Um, everybody had like a red, a red profile. Got and it. Then, keep talking. I'm gonna little, pull it up behind you, you too, but keep talking. And then you had a little, uh, uh, a little crown on the top right of your profile picture to show if you're verified or not. Mm. And um, they yeah. should have stayed with the crown. That's kind of cool. The crown was cool. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> um, it was a it was a it was a cool experience overall. Um, and the uh, the for you page was very different. Like there there it wasn't even called a for you page. I don't remember what it was called. I think it was just home or featured. It was featured. Mm. It was featured. Yeah, everybody wanted to be featured. The featured page. So is this what it looked like right behind you there? Yep. Okay. So the layout. That's it right there. The, the the shaping and layout mm -hmm. is similar. Yeah, definitely. Right, but I see what you're saying. So the coloring was all different. But they, they even did keep the text, like the font and that. I'm like almost surprised at that, but that's cool. Yeah. I think. It looks it looks from far away right here, it looks fairly similar. But yeah, they had the they had longer they had longer video previews on there too, which I think TikTok had at the beginning as well and they moved away from that. The but, previews? Yeah, like mm -hmm. where now it's more squared. Yeah, yeah. That's I guess wild, it allows man. you to see more of what you're going to see by a split second, technically. Cause yeah, like, pull that mic in a little bit. Sorry. In? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Just stay right up like nice. a fist from the face. There All right. But, um, yeah, I uh, I was on the platform. Feature page was very different. Um, the For You page now is, is insanely smart. Like, it's it's scary, like just the amount of time you could waste on tiktok and not even realize how much time has passed by um and musically definitely didn't have that effect you'd come across a lot more lip syncing and seeing the the most popular people on the platform constantly like how people were seeing the uh the charlie d'amelios that addison mm -hmm. raised the chase hudson's uh when tiktok was first like kind of like right building its name up but um yeah, things have changed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and when did Musical.ly become TikTok? 2018? Roughly 2018 or, or late 2017. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. So, and for people who have heard this before, and I'm repeating and I'm sorry, but when I rose up this morning and smiled at the rising sun, there were three little birds pitched on my doorstep. And they were singing sweet songs. It was a melody pure and true. And they said, this is my message to you. Thank your goddamn eight sleep. I'm telling you, ever since I got an eight sleep pod pro cover, I can't imagine ever living without one. This is the first tech product that has successfully disrupted sleep 
full stop. I don't know why no one's ever gotten here before, but Eight Sleep finally has and has filled the void. And let me tell you something. That whole thing about you wake up in the morning, maybe you slept six hours, but you feel like you slept eight, it is absolutely true. These days, I don't really sleep a minute past six hours, and I am feeling more refreshed when I wake up in the morning than ever before. That is because Eight Sleep's Pod Pro Cover is working around the clock throughout the night without me knowing because it's tied into Eight Sleep's proprietary app to optimize my sleep around me. So personally, as someone who likes to sleep cool rather than warm, I always wake up on a nice cool mattress that has kept me in a deep sleep throughout the night, and I don't even remember when I fell asleep. That has never happened to me me before in my life. I've always been a violent sleeper. I'm up several times throughout the night. I'm up the least amount I ever have been before, and that is all thanks to 8sleep. So use the link in my description along with the code TRENDIFIER at checkout. That's T-R-E-N-D-I-F-I-E-R, and you will get $100 off your own 8sleep Pod Pro cover, which comes in queen or king sizes and goes right on top of your current mattress. Or you can also get $100 off the full-blown 8sleep Pod Pro mattress, which is the same thing. It just is an actual mattress as well. So check it out. You won't regret it. Total game changer. Trendifire at checkout. $100 off. Love you guys. I was on TikTok, like had the app downloaded Mm -hmm. while I was working in corporate America. So I wasn't creating or anything. But What were you doing before, if you don't mind? I was a banker. So I worked with ultra high net worth individuals and some companies and I worked with a team who handled all that. And it was, it was high octane stuff. I just didn't, wasn't my vibe. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but I worked with a lot of, you have to like go to school for it and everything. Yes. But I actually believe now that I've done it, I think, and I could say this about frankly a lot of jobs in america i don't know if this is like the state of education and i have no complaints about my college education i i I really enjoyed it but i don't think i would have needed to Mm -hmm. that said yeah they wanted people out of college so that was like a prerequisite but yeah it's more money is very intuitive it's and it's not the minute you have it figured out you're an idiot like that's just kind of how it works and you're not going to beat computers on a lot of things now but when it comes to people right and understanding what it's like when someone's money gets involved and how personal that gets yeah yeah it's 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 important especially at at a certain level you know the the phrase mo money mo problems is very very real and it's unfortunate but i did see a lot of that so it was, it was a great life experience but right. when you're working at a bank you got to ask for permission to take a shit I mean, it's like you can't do anything there. So, of course, you can't be doing like social media stuff. So I wasn't doing that. But I was starting to – I did work in some LLCs on the side with some people. And we did some creative work for like consulting for other people. And so I was curious about this stuff. And I saw this action move into TikTok. And this is like – I want to say March 2019, something like that. So I just downloaded the app and I went on there. And exactly what you're talking about, I guess this is now over a year into them being TikTok, but that whole lip sync culture and everything, that's what it was. so prevalent. And like when I would try to show it to other people who were friends of mine. They weren't. Yeah, they're like, fuck that, dude. But the thing that I saw was that, A, that addictiveness was so real. Like I couldn't figure out, like I'd go in to study it, right? For Mm -hmm. my first time doing it, I went in for... I'm like, I'm going to go in for 20 minutes. I look up, it's four hours later. <laughs> and it's not like I'm sitting here like, 
yeah. watching all these lip syncs and and being impressed. It's it's the same shit, but I am somewhat. I noticed I was somewhat entertained at least. Right. You know, like I was still like, wow, this is interesting. But do you the, feel like the more you were scrolling, the more you would actually start to see things that you were actually interested in? At the time, at first, not yet. A little bit. Okay. Not much. It was still very much the Charlie D'Amelios of the world and, mm. and everyone else trying to be her. Yeah. I remember there were like some of the guys I saw on there and I saw you pretty early on there too, which was kind of funny. I remember that because you were doing like Omegle videos and stuff. Omegle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there were some guys on there who they would all be the same. They'd be like some really good looking dude who just like stared at the camera and went like that with their hair or yeah. some shit. And yeah. I was like... That's all we're doing. Viral. <laughs> but then I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, it's got all the 12 to 16 year olds now and the people who can appeal to them. When this moves to like 17 to 21, look, those the, people are look the getting fuck older out. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when you bring in like the same year, I'm like, when you start to bring in that 17 to 21, 21 to 25 is going to be right behind it. And now you're going to have people saying, everyone's lip syncing i'll try something else on here yeah and then holy shit i mean now it's there's every form of content on there Everything. it's fucking insane man it's it's if i'm not mistaken it i think youtube is shaking right now because of it being one of the i mean tech, the biggest search engine when it comes to to videos um tiktok is 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 up in their game big time they just passed them I yeah I wasn't sure if I yeah. if if that's what I heard recently yeah so the I know average view time per I want to say it was per month right it was like now it's like twenty four to twenty two and a half in TikTok's favor Shh. fucking crazy man. that is insane and I, I always wonder what the next one's gonna be because I I feel like platforms like a TikTok can last but there's an ending to everything so it's Smart like man. what's next. <laughs> There is an ending to everything. I think their ending could involve being way too careful with content. They're very, very strict yeah. with flagging content, which I think is a mistake. Maybe they'll figure that out. But goddamn, do they have it figured out right now, man. I mean, they. when I first went on it, I was like, this is a perfect app. And they have managed to not fuck it up. The UI continues to be beautiful. The improvements they make are simple, as best as I can tell, for the most part. Right. And, I mean, you see the action? They're just... Like, the you mentioned it a few minutes ago, but the algorithm, it's not even close. It's far and away the best social algorithm on planet Earth. <laughs> it's like their first, second, third, and 50th. Yep. It's no one else. Yep. The only way, you know what, now that you say that, whoever developed the algorithm for TikTok or like whoever was like the spearhead of developing the algorithm, that person needs to leave TikTok and create something else to essentially make something better. That person's not in this country. They're in China. Uh, so yep. it's partially owned by the Chinese government in that way. So I, I don't know that that's going <laughs> to happen. But yeah, there, there's a book. This guy, I want to say his name is Matt Brennan. I actually never finished the last quarter. I feel like I've heard that name before. Yeah, he's. I, I think he's somewhat known as like a VC or something like that. But I haven't read the last quarter of it now that I think about it. But I read most of it back in January. And it was, he's like, 
in mainland China and he's been inside TikTok and Douyin, the company, like since the beginning. And their their foresight's insane, how they viewed this thing going. But their strategy was to constantly use the tech to learn. Not that these other companies don't do that, but other companies, it seems to me, based on my user experience, they'll kind of find a lane that you like and then they'll just hit you with it over and over and it takes them a long time to adjust. To adjust, yeah. Right? So you keep skipping that content. I don't want it. I don't want it. On TikTok, during one scroll feed usage of the For You page, if you're starting to not like a certain type of content that they were putting to you, God damn, do they change it around to what you yeah. want. It's, it yeah. is crazy. <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't even... I can't. I don't have words for it. It's 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 insane. It's big time insane for sure. Have you tried YouTube Shorts at all? I I put a couple of videos out in there, um, not as much as I I, I should, because um, there's a lot of people who've been having six like insane success through there Shorts, are? like literally growing a YouTube account to two million straight off of a sh- like short success. And YouTube is a great opportunity to get into Shorts because like they're still trying to push it. Um, similar to like yeah. just any platform that's trying to get people onto it, like by paying them, they're giving people a lot of exposure right now. So, trying to post more on shorts definitely. Um, I just I don't know why I haven't. To be so honest with you, like I have 140 episodes of Omegle on TikTok that you, can easily be on. <laughs> you have 140? Yeah, I should have 200 by now, but I burned myself out with that. Like. How did that shit work? Because like, is real. <laughs> there was there was something else called maybe it was chat like, roulette. Yeah, chat roulette. I yeah. think like back in the day, like when I was in high school. But dang, Matt Smith. I don't know if you know him. He's a YouTuber. He's he's he he was like the king of chat roulette. Yeah. So that was like, I think it's the same setup. You hit a button and you're in a room, stranger. staring at someone who's a stranger. Yep. And so you were making content like your early funny content. Especially on TikTok, I think so, you weren't on musically with that. Nah, you? so I started. I actually that. started that last year, and mm-hmm. I made that after making a viral song on TikTok. So uh, that was kind of one of the the catch points on my uh, on my Amigo series because I made the song "Who Are You." <laughs> I am you. I am oh, wait, me. Back, yeah, that's back, literally because back, <laughs> back up and redo it. Back up and redo it. Who are you? <laughs> I am you. I am me. No, sir. You are you. Julian and Julian. That's like the surreal listening duo. to that. It's hilarious. <laughs> but literally, um, I made that song in 2019. Before that song, I made a song called Woe. And people were just doing the woe to it. I didn't create the woe, but I made a basically a theme song for the song. Who made and, that move? Uh, oh, his name was... Uh... Dang it, man. Ah, <laughs> yo! I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Yo, I feel so bad because like I know exactly who it was too because I wanted him to like feature on the song. Um, we'll try to find it. Damn, I don't know if I'll be able to. Who created the woe? Houston rapper Sauce Walker. Mm-mm. There was somebody else. Oh wait, no, Scott. Something Scott. I don't know if it was Scott. Something. No, no, like his last name's Scott. Hold on, I'm just looking on the. It was a. Uh... Dang it, bro! This dude's name is like, it's different too. It's like it's like a nickname almost. It's like it, it wasn't it wasn't Chunky. Chunky's my friend, but there's somebody else. I feel like his name started with a C. 
10K Cash. 10K, 10K Cash. cash. 10K okay. Cash. Yes. I knew there was a C in it. 10K Cash. So, yeah, he made the woe, like the dance move. I made a woe song because the woe is kind of popular on TikTok. So, I was like, let me make a little song for it. Um, made a 15 second song. 15 oh, seconds. you made the song after? Yeah. Interesting. So, I saw the dance. Smart. I was like, let me capitalize off the dance. I wasn't thinking capitalize, but let me make a theme song so people can have a song that's specifically for the woe instead of just doing the woe to any song right um and then it was just a 15 second song that i made specifically for tiktok and then when i saw the demand and the song starting to go viral then i was like let me make a full song and put it out i was a little late to like putting it out but um everything that i did not do for the release of woe i made sure that i did successfully for who are you right such as um, having the entire song already ready before actually putting it out, um, having the the legal stuff done properly before putting it out. Cause how does that work? Um, legal stuff, as in the beat, like the beat for Woe. It was just a YouTube beat that I found. I never contacted the producer. Mm. I just put it out, and it started going viral. And he was like. <laughs> yeah. so um i had to definitely uh figure that out because i definitely could have gotten sued horribly if um if i didn't take care of that the right way that's what um, fetty wap did with trap queen really yeah and, and then they, they, no, they made a deal like you reached out to him after okay. but well, a lot of, a lot of people do that but you're right you want to set it up ahead i got right. you so with uh who are you uh, i found this beat on youtube and i was like this is fire let me <laughs> record to it so I didn't reach out to the producer yet. Um, so I recorded the song first. I didn't put it out yet, but I recorded it. Then I reached out to the producer. Turned out to be a 13-year-old kid from South Carolina. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, yo, bro, I like this song. Um, I made this song to your beat. And this is my TikTok. I'm going to blow it up on TikTok for you. I made this Whoa song before. And uh, he was like super excited for it. Yeah, and, um I didn't pay him up front. I just offered him fifty percent of the entire record, which is not which is not heard of. Like that, that's bad business on my part. Technically, um, you right. don't normally right. do that much percentage to, towards the producer. Um, but I I was just seeing it as like okay, since I didn't pay him up front, let me just give him fifty percent of it. And he's a thirteen year old kid, so I'm gonna create a good opportunity for him. That's uh, yeah, that's great, man. And that's um, really cool. I did that, and the song started to take off. And from that song's release, um, I put the sound. Well, I put the sound out first on TikTok. Fifteen second sound. Who are you? I'm you. I'm me. No sir, you're you. Everybody started doing it, especially twins or just people who look alike. And started to get reached out to by like fifteen different record labels between like after like I would say. F- three, four weeks of the song being sure, out. Sure, yeah. Um, I had gone to L.A. at the time of the release. I was at VidCon for a little bit. Um, What's VidCon? VidCon's a social media convention for, like, YouTubers, people on Instagram, Vine, like, everybody. Similar to another convention called Playlist Live. But um, both of those have been conventions for the last, like, almost 10 years, mm-hmm. if not 10 years, VidCon. Right. Um but I was doing the, uh, yeah, I was, I started going to, I started entertaining these labels. Um, I didn't really know anything about music like that. So, uh, 
I got uh, some people that I knew who were in the music industry and formerly managed an artist. Well, actually, they were, yeah, formerly managing a female artist that I used to have some sort of relations with. Um, <laughs> some sort of relations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we knew, we knew her team since 2016, but they weren't working with her anymore. So um, what we wanted to do was, uh, well, we needed help. Like we didn't know what where to go with music. It was just me and my folks. And you were sticking it on Spotify and everything, obviously, like everywhere. the full song. Yeah, using DistroKid. So yeah, how did your how did your streams end up doing with that? Uh, the song total, uh, Spotify alone is like sixteen million streams, nice. and uh, all platforms combined is like twenty five million something. But um, pretty good. Yeah, it was it was a it was. It was awesome, definitely. Uh, today's TikTok will take a song to like 30 million plus off of like one platform, which is insane. But um, definitely, um, I was on the forefront of that of sure. that transition from like from artists making a song break on TikTok and then signing to a label. If I'm not the first person to have done it, I'm not too sure who was but i'm definitely one of the first three people to come from tiktok and then sign a major yeah you were i mean the story with you is you've been early your whole life that's why that's what i like about this and so like when you and i connected which was really cool i thought that was like a joke i gotta be i'm like wait a second that's that's not real and i'm like wait i know this guy that was you but um you had you obviously have made a habit of getting to something right at the beginning and then being able to capitalize on it and you've done it very well at least twice and now your focus has moved heavily towards capitalizing on like a music career and you'll use platforms to do that but i like your talent number one and number two of course you know i knew those songs and i'm like this is great but you have a really good you have a really good voice like a very good like kind of smooth but commanding voice in like a subtle way so when i'm listening to sounds on tiktok that are going viral they're all different. They all have something entirely different to them. But there's there's these little things that someone will do that just put it over the top. And it's the difference between a video being – or a, a video, a sound being used 100 times versus being used a million times or 100,000 times or something like that. And for the ones that you created that did well, the well was pretty self-explanatory. That was very smart to go in there, and I didn't realize you created it after the dance move was created, so that's great. But then the second one, the whole, who are you? I am you. It's so catchy and memorable, but also so like clear. There's right. no, there's no, like the way you did it, it's, it's almost like it replays in your head over and over because you're like enunciating every single word and people right. like their body starts to bounce like this yeah. <laughs> right when they hear it, you know? So yeah. I think it's really cool that you've hit that. The thing that's hard like the ne- that's hard to do. The next hard thing to do, by my estimation now, is okay. How do I make consistent records that right. now bring in the people who are aware of who I am? You know, as like an influencer on TikTok. But now I'm saying I'm a musician, right. and I'm going to make albums and even like mixtapes, which people do less, but EPs, I should say. You know, I'm going to make this stuff, and people are going to get a full gamut of what I can do. And I'm going to be very consistent with putting it out and, and creating things that aren't just um, creating something for a 15 second TikTok sound. Right. So um, the uh, definitely that's a big challenge for many people that come from the 
uh, influencer world trying to transition into music. And I feel like the only thing that really makes it stick um, for the audience is the the one consistency, but two, the talent has to speak for itself. I feel like there's a lot of uh, influencers that transitioned from from a social media standpoint who had a big following into music. And there's a lot of situations where some of those people who had a very big following make and started making music didn't necessarily have the desire to make music, but it's just the business play led that led them into that sure. direction. And um, I feel like that kind of that's what kind of creates the stigma of a, of a uh, not the stigma, but like it creates a a mindset that a lot of people tend to have like, oh, this person started started on YouTube or this person started on Vine. So he's not an actual artist. Um, we have people like DDG. He's a very successful YouTuber um, who's been making a lot of noise in music recently. And the only way he was able to do that, like he, people weren't taking him seriously enough when he was dropping music like three years ago. But um, over the last like over the last year and a half or so, like he's been super consistent videos, videos starting to get bigger features. Is it and, good? Yeah, and exactly. like his music is just evolving. Yeah, and um, it's just been it's just been very consistent. Like I've seen a lot of um, people come from TikTok, start making music, and only drop like one or two records, get a lot of backlash for those records, and then the music kind of just like stops they can't take it i guess that's literally what it is but i mean they do make a good quick bag off of the people who were curious enough to listen to for the first time but um definitely like people like a ddg um i definitely um i would say i look at him as like a like he he did it and he's doing it and i'm i'm very uh i'm very uh i love that i just Shout out to DDG. <laughs> Shout out to DDG because I feel like he's standing for people. Uh, I don't know if he's intentionally doing this, but he's stand, he's technically standing for people like myself who come from a social media background or started from a social media background, but also have a musical background. And yeah, you've been to, you've been into music for a long I've time. I've been into music since 2016. Yeah, so and I that's do. that's a key difference here. We, yeah, and because I remember when we talked on the phone, I think we should also talk about like where you went to high school and stuff. Like this yeah. is this is in your blood. There's an important distinction with some, not all of them, but some of the people you're talking about right. where, just to be clear, these are people who maybe never even created a bar, let right. alone a song. And now they're just famous. And because they're famous, they, they can pay for studio them, time. They have a team. Write someone write Exactly. Them, produce, et cetera. And it's not good. I mean, it, I've heard some before where it's like, all right, that's not the worst thing I ever heard. Right. You know, like if you have the best people around you, maybe something you can shit out something okay. Mm -hmm. But some of it is fucking awful, man. <laughs> and it's like, it's like screeching in my ears. You know, so like you at least come from, oh, I've been creating around things this. this for like yeah. like this for a long time. And what was the what was the situation with your high school again? So uh, before high school, I started playing guitar since uh, since two thousand nine. So I've been kind of just trying to serenade girls on the guitar since, <laughs> since i was nine years old I now you're playing acoustic yeah, electric both? i started with like, acoustic and then mm. i got my first electric i was like for like my 11th birthday or like 12th birthday that's yeah, a I still have both of those that's guitars. a fucking panty dropper man yeah i, I remember like yeah i was learning justin bieber songs in, in elementary <laughs> school to sing to my crush she, she loved us she loved Bieber, <laughs> but um yeah uh fast forwarding into into high school i didn't do any any music in in middle school i actually did have like one guitar class in middle school it was in the computer room it was weird but uh 
Yeah, in high school, uh, I wanted to audition for LaGuardia, which is a performing arts school in Manhattan. Nicki Minaj went there, and a lot of many successful people went there. Hmm. Um, I was too nervous to audition for that school uh, going into there. I ended up auditioning for the high school that I went to, which is Edward R. Murrow High School, probably like 20 minutes away from my house. Um, I, I think we said this, but you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, right? Brooklyn, New yeah. York. Yes, sir. Woo! Where Brooklyn at? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we outside. But basically, uh, I uh, I was on, uh, I auditioned for my high school, messed up on my audition, so I got in for communication. I didn't even get in for guitar. Mm. Um, and then I ended up, yeah, just going to Edward Murrow High School. And that school was super, super dope. My first two years, I was in the basic guitar class because I had to work my way up now and into the advanced guitar program. But it's like an art school. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. uh, That's why I wanted to like, get across. Like, there's some people who I went to school with who are currently on, like, Broadway now, which is, like, mm. super odd. Like, I saw, you see, I, I hate that I forgot this kid's name, but I literally, I was walking on, like, 50, like, 57th and Broadway. And um, literally, like, a block away from my label, which is Universal Music Group, is, like, on 57th and I think I swear it's on 57th and Broadway, but um, literally like a block away from there, I saw like a West Side Story advertisement, and I saw a picture of my of of one of my former for, former schoolmates, and I was like, "That's awesome!" And it's super sick to see because like I remember going to the school and like always hearing about all these all these notable alumni who went to the school, and um, yeah, let's go into 2016. Uh, after the guitar program, they actually opened a music technology program. That's what yeah. we were talking about. I couldn't music remember. Music X yeah. Technology. So that was sponsored by Levi's and Alicia Keys. And Joey Badass also contributed. Joey Badass went to my high school. Um, Alicia Keys visited the high school and performed when that program opened. For oh, like that's so yeah, cool. It was awesome. Holy shit. People in the, the kids in the chorus program got to meet her, sing with her on stage and everything. How good is she, man? Amazing. In person. Amazing. Like, amazing. It's, it's, amazing. It's got to be unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't get to interact with her directly, but she's a phenomenal human being. Um, Very inspirational. We forget about her, too. Like, she she does not get the love and respect. Like, she's huge. She's Alicia like Keys, but she, she doesn't get she enough of it. She gets it, but she's not always in the media. But True. that's not a... I guess that's not a bad thing. It depends on, like what you're doing because i know damn well if she's dropping an album everybody's gonna talk about it but i i'll agree with that yeah but definitely um alicia keys goat (laughs) um but yeah joey badass went to my high school along with everybody in pro era kind of started in my in my high school capital steez rest in peace uh Nick Caution, cj fly and just multiple members of joey badass and capital and steez were like the 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 front runners of of, of pro era mm. um joey visited my high school once while i was um while i was there kids were mobbing the hallways and everything and um yeah the music technology program was awesome i had a really awesome relationship with uh the teacher mr riley um actually picked up the camera for the first time there and developed a passion for film as well mm. um but yeah i learned how to produce i learned how to record myself and over the course of 2016 into 2017, I was taking my skills from that class and bringing it home and starting to record parodies for Musical.ly content. So, what do you mean parodies? Parodies. So I was taking 
popular songs and switching the lyrics and just mm. recording. So like the Broccoli song, for example, by Lil Yachty and Dram, if I'm not mistaken. I know that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I made a parody to it. It was like, see my mama trying to make me eat this broccoli. I'm just <laughs> a kid. I don't want to eat no broccoli. Spit that thing out because it tastes nasty. I don't want this broccoli, so I ain't going to eat. That went viral on TikTok, over like 200,000 videos. Well, on Musical.ly. On Musical.ly. Yeah, so this is like Musical.ly days. OG days. OG days, over 150,000 videos made to that. And I was just making a bunch of parodies at the time. Um, and I have several sounds from the course of 2015 up until 2017 that have had well over 100,000 videos, some up to 400,000 videos made to my voice. But I was never really getting the credit like mm. visually but my voice was always being used so I, I feel like a lot more people recognize my voice than my face but um, that's still at least you had like that that's memorable i mean you 100%. know how much with tiktok that changed the game of people before they see something they know what it's about just by the sound, by the sound. you know and like your voice is very very recognizable completely like it you kind of know what it is right when it's coming on it's good times man but um, yeah, I was taking the skills from that class to record those parodies. I didn't know how to record myself before that. Um, and you built a whole studio. I didn't really have a studio built like I do now. Yeah, your studio but, now um, is sick. Yeah, by it's, the way. it's 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 really fun. I love my, I love my studio now, especially just what I'm able to make out of it. But essentially, um, I was doing all those parodies and stuff, and then. I wanted to start taking music more seriously. So I was like, you know, I can't be doing parodies anymore. And I also told myself I can't be doing social media anymore, which is a very different time period that we live in now. I was like, you know what? If I want to take music seriously, I shouldn't be posting content anymore. What year is, was this? This is 2017, like late 2017. Okay, so you changed your mind on that. Yeah, so <laughs> late 2017, uh, that's when I started getting I started getting more into... Uh, like drop shipping businesses and just like e-commerce and e-commerce led me to learn about crypto and that's when i got into crypto which is what i was telling you about but um we only had like three <laughs> minutes when you walked through the door we got right on camera when you came through so we didn't get to go deep in this maybe we will now but yeah. it's really i'm I'm very jealous of you because <laughs> in, in, a, in a healthy way because I didn't fucking have any of this stuff figured out when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I was literally like going to class, right? And we had the internet and everything. I'm a little older than you, but all that shit was there. Maybe not to the same extent, but you just get yourself in every kind of action. I love it. It's a blessing and a curse because like, <laughs> like, I love doing so many different things and I feel like I'm, I'm skilled in, in several different things, but like the best thing to do in life is is to to hone down on like specific on a specific craft unless your time management skills are just superb like some elon musk superb because based on what he says his day is like is is people is, can't do that it's crazy he's an alien <laughs> yeah. he's not normal i want to be an alien too man <laughs> but um yeah like i got into i, I stopped making uh content for like almost a year i want to say i had six hundred thousand followers on musically at the time and then when i came back it was tiktok um and yeah i took that break to just kind of focus on making more serious music and that was kind of leading into my transition into college from high school um did you go to college i went to college for a year 
I studied I didn't know film. That. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go? FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan. Nice. So like right there. Yeah. So it's it's definitely one of the most renowned, if not the most renowned fashion school in the world. Um, my mom went there uh, before I went there. She went there like 25 years ago or so. Don't um, date your mom. Baby. Come on. <laughs> but, she doesn't look a day over 35. I, yeah, she's awesome. I love my mom. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess definitely a very proud moment for her, to for me to get into that school. Also, the film program only accepted 30 people per year, uh, well, per semester. Um, so it was. I was pretty lucky to be amongst one of those 30 people. And... Um, yeah, I studied film for a year there and then dropped out when the music started to just like really take off. So the semester already ended before I put out Who Are You? Um, so this is 2019? Yeah. And uh, like over the summer, like the the question for me and my family is like, is Julian going back to school? Because like, all these label meetings started happening and pretty much every label, like we're, in the, we're on the same page. Like you probably won't have the time to be able to be going to school like that. Um, fun fact, I was supposed to tour last year in March 2020, but oh, pandemic started sucks, right there. Man. Ten days after pandemic was supposed to be like my first tour date locations. And that's the best marketing there is because that's like boots on the ground, people in front of you, face-to-face. There's a connection behind the person now more than you can get on social media. I cannot wait, man. I'm just trying. I want to tour the entire world. I want to go, even if I I know I have, let's say, five people that support me on the island of Fiji, I want to put on a show for those five people. Like, that's just the way I look at it. I want to be able to, like, actually, like, social media is cool, and you can really impact people through the internet but like i want to be able to like have that that face-to-face connection with everybody that supports me i feel yeah like. and you 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 put yourself out there well i mean it's pretty clear like right away you were talking with me like some rando on the internet just like trying <laughs> to figure out how podcasts work and things like that like you're curious and and i think people when you're building a relationship with like a fan base for whatever it is when you have that gene you know that laid-back extroverted gene like like you have that's that's a big help because then people you're very approachable and then people get more curious about what you do like beyond maybe even just music and you have so many other things there so it's like you have a lot of really good tools that make you older than you are in a lot of ways you know a lot of people don't figure it out like you have and i think what i'll add to that and this is like a weird like gray area but you got big on social media very young, but you didn't get like Bieber. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you didn't you didn't go to like mainstream every I single- watched Sean Mendes do what he did from inception and now Sean Mendes is one of the biggest people on the planet when it comes to music. Wait, where did he cause Sean he Mendes blew up Vine, with stitches? Bro. He started on Vine. He's making covers on Vine. That must have been right because I remember Stitches came out. Like end of twenty fourteen, so he must have been right away. Yeah, like after after touring due to like through Vine, he was able to tour. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was on tours like conventions called MagCon, uh, Digi Digi Fest, and stuff like that. Um, There was like the same way there's a Charlie D'Amelio for TikTok. Nash Greer was the was the the face of Vine in a way. Nash Greer? Yeah, Nash Greer. Cameron Dallas has like 20-something million on Instagram now. I know that. Modeling. Nash, he has a family now. Like, 
He's just chilling, laid back. Still has his core supporters that really grew with him on Vine. Who was I, I don't remember him. I don't uh, think I do. Him and his brother. Um, they just they just had silly vines, silly vines, and yeah, they were really they were really popping. And Shawn Mendes was like kind of a part of their group called Magcon, and they would they would tour tour the United States and meet all their fans. And Got it. um, it's crazy now. Full circle. Me and Shawn are on the same label. He's the he's the like the flagship of my label though and that's exactly where i need to get <laughs> yeah but like so he blew up and he was also older than you early yeah. but he blew up how old was he when he blew up probably like 20 15 no like he's younger than that like he's he's only like two years older than me he's that young he has to be like, he was like no more than three years older than me Shawn Mendes has to be like 24 ish let's see 23, 24. Ah, dead on, man. August 8th, 1998. 23 years old. Wow. Young so dude. he was he's really young when he blew up. I didn't know that. So, yeah. yeah, but like someone like that, blowing up young, all these other guys blowing, like blowing, blowing up young. In a way, I, I always feel bad for that too because it's very, very hard. Pressure. Like, yeah, the pressure. Mental health. The hormones. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're going through puberty and suddenly, like if you're, Justin Bieber's obviously like an outlier. He's a whole nother level. But like, if you're Justin Bieber and you're 13, and every every single female between the ages of 12 and 17 is grabbing you everywhere you go, it's. I mean, look, a lot of us are like, that's a great problem to have. But <laughs> at the same time, perspective, it's not normal. Yeah, you know, and and then suddenly it's like you can't go and you can't do anything without people having attention on you, and that's hard. Right. Whereas you got recognizability and you've also done it like in phases here in different ways, but you've also been able to maintain, like you, you got to grow up. You got yeah. to be able to be with yourself. You can walk down 57th and Broadway and it's not, you're not getting mobbed right now, yeah. which I know you want that, but that's a good problem to have at this point. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, definitely just, just to tap back on, on, on Bieber for a second. I feel like definitely like just the pressure and like, the effect on mental health that it can have when you have all that pressure on you and you're experiencing all these things at the at that young age definitely contributes to like why he had those low points in like 2017 sure and stuff like that but it's like super awesome to see to like watch somebody's like growth and um yeah shout out to Bieber. <laughs> yeah i, I actually i have a ton of respect. amazing amazing transformation he also has shared it too like as you just alluded to i i have a ton of respect for it and i think some people fall in the trap of oh god another celebrity saying whatever it's like dude yeah i i know he's got a lot of money and he's got a great life very hot wife and everything but the the challenges and the damage that can be inflicted upon you right from doing that is just it's a lot and and i i don't know what that's like but i could imagine i can only imagine myself even at age 20 <laughs> fuck i wasn't mature like you but you know let's go to like age 16 17 mm -hmm. like for whatever getting famous right jesus christ man i might be dead in a ditch at 26 i like i i don't know how i would have ever been able to deal with that and I think a lot of people throw stones unknowingly from glass houses because it's like, well, what would you have done? You know, what would, what, how would you look at the world? It's, it's not, you can't know, but you also might be able to understand a little bit. And it's one thing if someone's an asshole 
but to me, Justin Bieber seems like a pretty chill guy. Like you know, the, the, and he's and he's very open about his life, and I like that. Hundred percent. Um, due to social media and and the way that it is, it's like everyone posting uh, posting the highs of, mm-hmm. of 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 things. Uh, a lot of people don't really get to see what all the work somebody is really doing like behind the scenes and all the pressure that they face and all the, just everything that they really have to go through to, to be able to even show those highlights on the social media in general. Um, I think it definitely gives people a, the wrong perception when it comes to some people of a certain stature, like people don't really acknowledge like all the hard work behind all the money or behind all the success. What's the quote? I, I have said this on a podcast before, and I didn't remember the quote exactly then, but you're going to know what I'm talking about. It's like every overnight success, no one saw the 10 years that led up to it or exactly. something like that. Yep. Spot on, man. Facts. That's a big fact. It's like Beyonce right there. She's one of the hardest working yes. artists like in the world, and hence why she's Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all the people on this wall, literally, in a way. Literally. And some people give me shit for like Kylie Jenner with that Rest argument. Peace. Kurt Cobain, yeah, yeah, Major. Whitney. You know who that is? Is that the left? Uh, is Kurt that Cobain? Whitney? That's Whitney. Yeah, I kinda just young said. Whitney. <laughs> it's young Whitney. But yeah, R. some R. people even say it about Kylie though, and it's like, yeah, yeah, she is a Kardashian. She definitely, and she was the younger one. Like she definitely had every advantage in the world. But like you know, she is a billionaire. She created a whole beauty line. I mean, there's something there. So yeah, but like overall, looking at a wall like this, it's part of the inspiration. All these other people, they're they made what they are. You know what I mean? Like it was it was them. They they did this shit. So you know it's funny. Um, that's Ali right there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I never acknowledged how much I feel like Tyson and Ali resemble each other. At least that 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 picture of I mean, even though Tyson is bald now. And he has that tattoo right there. I feel like they low-key resemble each other. I never thought that. So I just recorded a podcast yesterday right. that's going to be coming out in a couple of days here that you should listen to. But if I definitely you're, If will. you're into that. I just had in a guy, Luisa, who was a heavyweight contender trained by Angelo Dundee, who's Ali's trainer, and trained with Ali, sparred with him all the time. And he was like, he was 10th ranked in the world at his height. Like when he was at his best, he was nineteen and one at the time with like seventeen knockouts or something. Like he was a savage. To this day, he's six five and a half, like <laughs> like two ninety seven, like a fucking mammoth of a human. But listening to him talk about Ali and all boxing, but you know, especially like the guy who was like his hotel mate at fights and shit. And it's just the guy was just special. He was different, and it's almost like now we look at guys like that because now he's gone. And it's like a ghost. And so, yeah, like you think of Ali as like a boxer, but there was so much more to it. So much more or to it, to him. So much more to him. Mm-hmm. Makes me think about, uh, um, um, why did I, yeah, I know his, his name was literally just, just on my tongue. He's, he's below him. Yes. McGregor. Mc, Conor McGregor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he, he's been having a little bit of lows, lows yeah. lately, but I mean, I can't blame him. Like, I'm t- like it's just you know being at that level. It's like there's a lot of things that you got to deal with when it comes to mental health and and dealing with yourself. 
and and I definitely have been been facing that over like the last year, just like dealing with real life, but also dealing with like how so social media, like just real life hitting me, like losing people, and then also having to continuously losing people as in like death, and then still having to be able to feed social media at the same time, mm. and like. I feel like a lot of people don't really see the the lows. Thankfully, I was able to put a lot of those lows into my music over the last year, which hasn't. There's just a lot of unreleased still, um, but definitely, like, I definitely am a big advocate for just spreading awareness when it comes to mental health. It actually is Mental Health Awareness Month, and um, just spreading positivity, but also. I want to just be as as transparent as possible when it comes mm. to speaking to my audience because I feel like at the end of the day we're all human and we all have some sort of adversity and a lot of the times you look at the most successful people and you don't see the adversity all the time because you're once again seeing the highlights and I want people to know that like those same people that you're looking up to can be experiencing some of those like, same exact things that you experience and um yeah, life, <laughs> life has good been, way to put it, man. It's been interesting over the last over the last year, man. Definitely. What's I mean, if you don't want to say anything, yeah. don't. But you know what's what's been going on? Losing um, family members and stuff. So uh, I was I was talking to this girl um, for some time, uh, probably like a little over a year. Me and her were romantically involved with each other, and she actually overdosed last year during the pandemic. <sighs> Very hard for me to to have to to deal with because it was um it was something that i've never had to deal with before especially like i don't know it's just a it's a different type of hurt it's like feels like something like changes with your soul but i mean essentially kind of like went through a form of depression that was like also i didn't even acknowledge it was depression last year mm. it was just like the way that I was operating changes. I mean, you can you can you can take a step back from yourself real quick. One of the best ways to know. I mean, it depends on the type of person you are. But normally, one way to tell if you are going through some sort of poor mental health is based on your room. <laughs> um, based on your what? Your room, like your room. Uh oh. So like some people. Uh oh. Don't some look people, at my room. <laughs> Nah, like, it can also be, some people are, like, just, like, create, like, creative or just don't feel like cleaning their room. But for me specifically, um, that that was one way to really tell. And then also just getting out of bed, like, super late and not really having the motivation to get out of bed. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, like, all of all of the things that started happening last year, like, around the time that you saw my Omegle series is um, a month well, I mean, I don't know what month you saw my Omegle, Omegle series. I started my first Omegle video. Was, I thought I saw it earlier when, than, than you're saying. I didn't... My first video was March 21st, 2020. And then after Cause that... Because I, I remember... I will say this. I remember you on the app in 2019 when I was right. looking. Because they're also like... by the. I mean, maybe this was the algorithm, but there weren't a lot of dudes on there. There was like, you know, it was mostly like women on there doing lip syncs. But I remember you on there. I thought it was the Omegle video. Obviously, I'm wrong about Could've that. Could have been something else. It must have been something else. But I do... I remember those because there was always like, oh my God, it's true food. It's you. Yeah, it's you. Those were lit, man. Um, but literally like the same time that I was doing those videos... Um, 
the the passing of my friend happened a little bit like a month after I started making those videos, but I was still pumping those videos out and a lot of people didn't really understand like or see what I was dealing with outside of those videos because I'm on those videos, I'm smiling, I'm like enjoying my time speaking to strangers in the moment. Like I kind of, sure. like in a way it was like a, it was a very helpful thing for me as well. Um, Cause like, I feel like speaking to people constantly on Omegle and then also just like having the support from my audience was also like very healing for me. So I definitely owe my audience and that's kind of like why I want to, why I take the approach and I have the love for the people that support me the way that I do. Definitely. Yeah, you were finding like an outlet in that little 100%. connection. And this is like after the pandemic started then? Yes, absolutely. So when pandemic. like when you started that actual series and everything. But eventually, like I said, that that led into like a a burnout. Like I was just like I was I was doing two of those videos a day, That's sitting a on Omegle for like six hours at a time and then takes me like an hour like an hour to edit each video sure and then i'll put out two of those videos um one in the one in like the early afternoon one in the evening and then i'll go live for several hours on amigo recording and um yeah that was a eventually i burned <laughs> i kind of burned out i was like i can't do this anymore and then also it's like because i had music i was like i i can't I don't want to be the Omegle guy. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that people know that I am. And I don't want to be the Omegle guy. And I don't want to be the who are you guy. I want to be the musician that you enjoy different types of songs from him. But uh, yeah, I, I stopped doing doing that Omegle series due to the burnout and just poor mental health and just trying to find find refine myself because I definitely started to lose myself and I only started to understand self a little bit more starting the end of 2018 like I started reading a lot more started enjoying reading a lot more first time I enjoyed like really enjoyed reading 2016 Rich Dad Poor Dad by mm, Robert Kiyosaki yeah and then picked up books again in 2018 I was going to um, ask you if you're a big reader. I, I, I already knew the answer. You're I such love, an intellectual guy. I love audiobooks. Mm. But um, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, uh, The Power of Now. Um, that's on my... I have that bought. I have to read that. That's yeah. a really good book. Um, what else? Uh, there's a, a Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And it's like all books like that like really started to spark. Like, And then just watching a bunch of things on spirituality... And but yeah, everything started with just like the power of the subconscious mind. That book like opened so much for me, and um, that's when I really started to understand myself a lot more. Twenty eighteen, then life happens, so you start to kind of lose yourself a little bit. But it's important. I've been learning recently. It's very important to experience emotion and not um, push it away. It's a part of life. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been. It's been it's been a roller coaster over the last over the last two years, but I'm very very thankful for it because it's making me a stronger person and making I feel like everything that I've been going through is only preparing me for much more much bigger things that I need to be mentally equipped to to deal with. I actually like when I have people in here who are very passionate about mental health, especially guys too. Because it's an issue with, you know, 
we're dudes. We don't we don't open up. Men about don't this speak. Stuff so Yo, much. that's a fact. Yeah. yeah, it's a fact, Julian. So we we've had some we've had some great convos in here of people who have really really spilled it, and I I so appreciate that when they do. But I think I'm always trying to sit here and think of where the roots of that are. And they'll they'll talk about it. Like you just talked about it a little bit with some of your own like personal life experiences and stuff. But I also try to figure out like how someone gets so self aware and then open about that. Especially someone with a platform, which which you've had one. And to me, a I think it's it's a big help that you seem to be into like a lot of mind body spirit like self help type literature, which is right. huge. And so that's been an interest such that, you know, when you're reading things ahead of a low moment in 2020, even if you get down to that low, you have some tools that are in there that you can then call upon to be like, oh, I've hit a spot where I'm waking up late. I'm feeling depressed. I'm not dealing with this. What are some ways I've learned to deal with this? And then you can kind of help yourself in that way, which is a great thing. But also, you know, especially when you're like a teenager and coming into your 20s, you're trying to figure out your place in the world. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, holy fuck, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to make money? How am I going to go make a name for myself in whatever it is I do? Yeah. And to be in the middle of that where you're also like trying to transition into being a great artist and, and you get, how do you get there? You get there by doing some things that most people will never experience which is go very viral with some early catchy songs on a plat built for a platform in a lot of ways and now it's like like we were talking about a little bit ago it's like all right take that next step to putting out records and and building out you know the full layers of of your own creativity and the thing about it that can make it hard when you add something like your work which right. is very difficult to life itself and how life goes and the downs that come with that is that you're also it's like you kind of you have the establishment of the house now you have to build the house and that part's hard you know now you have to you have to go from being the guy who's credible because he made some viral sounds that people use for 15 seconds and they're yeah. like oh jufu to oh no this this guy's an artist this guy makes a lot i i fuck with his music all the time and i think the pressure of that when you add that to things that's got to be a lot you know and and just as a little personal aside it's it's hard for me to imagine having to work like i do now doing this as much as i wish i did by the way but it's hard for me to imagine doing this when i was 21 years old right like i'd have figured it out but goddamn at the beginning i would not have been equipped for that it's it's it requires patience perseverance Dealing, taking things in stride that happen outside of whatever the work it is you do along with inside of the work you do and a lot of different variables and, and like you have to grow as a person. You have right. to take those experiences you talked about. So I, I have respect for the fact that you're doing it and you have way more of it like you've, you've self-taught yourself to have way more of an understanding about what that takes. Yeah, one, one quote that I really love that, that, that helps push me like whenever I feel like I, I am falling off track is the life you live is what you teach. So it's like... The life you live is what you teach. Yeah. You said that. Um, I don't know exactly where I found that quote. Keep talking. I'll pull it but up. But I, I wrote it down on my whiteboard. And um, yeah, every time I look at it, it's just a reminder like, hey, don't don't slip up and, and, 
and do something that's not that you wouldn't that you wouldn't advise to the people that support you. Or don't 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 do something that that you're like it's it's okay to have fun and stuff like that. And it's okay to enjoy yourself, but live the life that you want to teach. Like be it, it's another way. I I like how that goes. It's another way of saying like find something to be an example of, right? Or for other people, how you do it. And I think when, when you go to find whatever that thing is, it has to be something that you're passionate about. And the really lucky thing that you have, and I have it too, is we're doing things that I guess are hard. There's a lot of competition for it. You're trying to get people's attention with entertainment in a way. So it's difficult, but right. we're doing something we're passionate about. You 100%. you love music. You yep. love what you do. I love making music. I love podcasts, by the way. I love podcasts. I would mm, I would want I'd want to start a podcast, but not yet. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get you yeah. a music career first, Facts, and exactly. then you'll be able, you'll be able to start whatever podcast you want Literally. if you're good at it. But yeah, it's like you we find that thing. So many people. I don't have a percentage, but it's a high percentage. So many people don't end up having that, you know, and it doesn't. Doesn't make them a loser at all. Sometimes I get some, it can be someone very, very successful, but they hate what they do. You know, look at what I was doing in my first career. I was good at it. I never had a chance to get to like being successful and rich, but I could have stayed with that, and I, I definitely could have done that. But I, it, it didn't get me out of bed. Right. It wasn't exciting for me. You know, so you at least have that, and it can be torturous while you're building towards it. And especially as, I mean, you know how the market is. The market's like, give me a lot, then we'll talk. Yeah. It's just what it is. That's that's tough. But if you're if you're about it, if you're really about it, it gives you a lot more ability to attack each day. Hundred percent. Would you would you ever right, do do what do you, what's your stance on everything happens for a reason mm -hmm. and in the time that it's meant to? It's a great question, man. So. I'm a believer in that quote. What I'm not a believer in is people who hide behind that quote. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain what I mean there. When people say something, and I'll add to it, like when people say something like, I don't have any regrets because everything made me what I'm supposed to be today. A lot of people who say that are using that as a and deflection for future mistakes that mm -hmm. they're going to make by not changing anything. That's right. bad. But when you can have healthy regrets about some things but also be like well even though that went wrong this taught me a lot I or even this. yeah or yeah. even this good thing happened along the other route i took and now i know don't do that again or don't go that way but i have that in my head which i i can definitely relate to that i think that's okay but you got to be it's one of those fine lines you got to be very careful what i mean what are your thoughts on it uh, exactly what you just said I'm, I'm definitely on the same page with that um, I experienced a lot of coincidences yeah. in life that seem too magical to even be a coincidence or even be like a, or even be like a, yeah, I, I don't even call it coincidences coincidences anymore. I personally just like when something happens, I was like, oh, that was meant to happen. And, um, because it happens so often and it, and it seems so surreal so often, it's like. I've kind of just accepted like that it's kind of sometimes it just feels like our paths are written for us and we, and we just like <laughs> follow through with it. I don't necessarily believe that, but it feels like that sometimes. 
but I was I was actually curious to know like I was asking that because like I was wondering if if you going through the process as a banker prior to starting this podcast do you feel like that has equipped you with certain skills or certain perspectives that improve or contribute to what you're doing today one million percent and it's not even there is no gray area it is the most black and white absolutely and that's why i don't I mean, I also spent a lot of time around a lot of different people, whether it was people I met along the way, which is a huge part of it, and the skills that took, also the people I worked with and the relationships I have there, everything that happened. You know, going to a new place, living up in North Jersey, spending all my time in New York City, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. It was great. I do think I stayed too long. I think I I knew in the back of my head, I, I knew when it was time. when it was time to, right. to book it, and I didn't because... Hesitation? What you say? Or Oh yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with I really loved my team. I love the guy I work for. He's hilarious. Like, you know, the the kind of guy who's like a second dad who you who you fight with all the time and you're also like joking with all like a very good relationship and that so up and down. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh I, I didn't I wanted I'm like, it'll work out because that's good. That's good. And then I just started I got to the point where you know, he was offering me the deal. You get there, and it's like, all right, time to really bring in the fold. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, if I took it, I could leave whenever I want, technically, but I would never do that. Like, if I took that from him, if I took that offer, I'm an, I'm a loyal guy. I'm going to commit myself for five years. And I was like, fuck, man. Do I want to be crying in my Tesla five years from now <laughs> and blaming everyone else when the real blame lies on me? No, I don't want to do that. And so that's that's why I didn't. But yeah, it definitely it opened up my world. A lot of it through my own just kind of throwing myself into situations that I couldn't have planned, which is great. And the people I met along the way and and to your point, the skills you have to form to be able to do what I did. I mean, a lot of my job was going out and knowing people. Going out and knowing everyone. Didn't matter what they did, just cross culture. Learning about what they did and how they did it, who they talked to, why they talked to them, how the world works. You know, I had access through my boss to very, very powerful people too, which is interesting. You see a lot of good and a lot of bad with that, and depending on the case. And you learn a lot about how people prioritize things in life for better or worse. And that's, you know, especially when it comes to like money. Yeah. God damn, is that an amazing education? Money is a very, very, very powerful tool in our society. If used correctly. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're right. It's a people change no matter what with it. But there are a lot of people I want to focus on the good of it too. There are a lot of people who can change for the better. 100%. I saw a ton of that, which was very reassuring. Did I also see the other side? Absolutely. And it's not, you know, it's not always like someone becomes a bad person. Not yeah. like that at all. I, I didn't, I honestly didn't know a lot of bad people in my career. Not many at all. Good. But a lot of people, it invents, like we were saying, the more money, more problems. It, it invents a lot of things that suddenly they feel like this is an issue or that's an issue. It's, it's really not. But that's just the unfortunate taboo with money. But before I forget, by the way, 
you were just talking about the coincidences. Yeah. Keep the mic close to you, but turn around and read that quote right there on the screen. When seemingly random pieces fit together well, one sense and intention behind it all. Sometimes, something, <laughs> something wants this to happen. Yeah, I got Rick you Rubin. reading like side-eyed, Yo, sorry. Rick Rubin, goat. I, I haven't seen enough Rick Rubin, but I just know he's a goat. <laughs> he's he's a major goat. Like He's one of the greatest ever did. I love, I love seeing him just speak, speak with other artists. He has so many great thoughts. Obviously, he's had... He's without question one of the three greatest producers of all time. He's probably the best. I mean, Dr. Dre's got a huge argument there. There's, there's a few others who have a great argument. But he's he's at the top of the game. And the way you he were just... He just looks like a guru now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if people haven't... Seen, I'll put his picture in the corner of the screen so people can see him. But he's like... You know, he's a guy who's, I guess, 65 or whatever, with looks like Phil Robertson from Duck Hunters, and yet... He'll go lock himself in Shangri-La, Shangri, I forget how they say it, but it's one of his famous studios that's in his backyard in California that's in an old abandoned bus. And like he'll lock himself in there with Kanye West and God knows what they talk about for like 12 hours. But that's, you know, I love guys like that and the way he described that, I'm such a believer in how you're putting it. It's like you can't sit there and be at effect and wait for things to happen to you and be like, well, I'm here, so things will happen. You have to just keep going and keep, keep going. rolling just like you're doing. But when you do that, those coincidence, I, I don't know, coincidences, coincidence, whatever. That's a good, good word. Whatever. We'll, we'll make them up around here. They start to fall into place. Yeah. And I swear to God, he put that out in a tweet maybe like three months ago, four months ago, and I saw it. I was so moved by it. And then I started to even notice that over the next few weeks. I was like, God damn. It's like even when you're making a TikTok and you have everything put together and you're trying to find that song and then you find a sound that sounds good and then you drop it down in on Adobe Premiere into the into the beat and, and you're like, holy shit. Like the it's like the universe wants this to happen. You put yourself in the position, now it's there. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very, very cool thing. Sometimes it feels like that with um with people too, but like the the way that I that I view things with people um, I mean, despite meeting somebody and, and that's a coincidence that I met them, um, sometimes it feels like life, well, I, the way that I see it is like life moves in circles sometimes. So like when it comes to like relationships with, with people, like you meet somebody sometimes and it's a very like interesting timing that you met that person yes. and you might not com- communicate with that person regularly, but then there's a certain point. It could be months later, it could be years later and that and you you encounter that person again and it still might not be anything but there's a certain point in that circle where the reason why you met that person in the first place starts to actually reveal itself and then that's when i start to see like the circle actually starts to close and i feel like it's very interesting like i've i've encountered that a lot over the last um over the last few years like certain people that i meet tends to like I don't know exactly why I met them. I knew I was supposed to met, meet them. And sometimes it's like somebody that I reached out to like over the last, I want to say probably like five weeks ago, two, three people that I've reached out to in 2019 all got back to me for the first time in complete different ways in that same week. Mm. It was really weird. <laughs> But three people I reached out to, um, one of them was uh, this Instagram page called Bad Vibes Forever Official. Um, really, really 
really really cool dude that runs that account named noah um shout out noah but um uh it was noah a producer named john cunningham very very talented producer he did most of x's uh last three like most of x's like final albums x major inspiration that, i was gonna say that's a i didn't know that but that's a yeah. good uh that's a very very good lineup for you and your style yeah but I, I i i i need to lock in with john cunningham um is like as i've reached out to him since 2019 to work and um no i got back to you and then yeah like and the funny thing is that i got in touch with with these people not even through the dm that i sent them like i had somebody else that i knew since 2018 somebody named ryan bisco he's a songwriter and producer artist um i've known him through my previous manager who um she was working with ryan to have ryan write some records for this girl that she's she currently still manages um but i met ryan through through her initially and ryan just hit me up the other day um not the other day but a couple of weeks ago and he was like hey do you know this person and I was like, uh, yeah. And I go to my DMs, I screenshot, like, yeah, I tried to reach out to this person <laughs> like since 2019. And then, boom, I get a follow from this person. And then I get a DM back from this person. And all that kind of ties together. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. um, Noah specifically, like, that same day, I had a three-hour conversation on FaceTime with him, like, right off the jump. And it was just like, boom. Like, that, that, that's just like, like, the circle started when I, when I, when I sent the DM. And now the circle's like, 25 percent complete but like now we have yet to meet and do some sort of work together and 75 100 percent circles closed and then another circle might start with that same person but like just oh interesting perspective this is where i like look at things with, with, with like certain it. people that i meet some are, circles are you a huge believer in destiny then uh you know i don't use the word destiny a lot but i i technically i guess i am a believer in destiny I'll, um, I'll amend it because this is the type of destiny I'm a believer in. Mm -hmm. Created destiny. Created right? by self. Yeah. There there are certain things. Like I think sometimes with people and relationships, there can just be some destiny. Mm -hmm. Like someone you lose touch with and then they come back into your life or you bump into someone you haven't seen in a long time or you meet someone at like the weirdest place that you weren't even supposed to go to. I I do believe in that kind of thing. But like with yourself and the things that happen to you and where you find your place in the world, I think created destiny is a real thing. And that is when people make sure that – similar to what I was saying a couple of minutes ago. It's when people take the actions repeatedly that are going to put themselves in the position to have that destiny come upon them. Mm -hmm. So like with that kind of thing, you know, this is – and it's very clearly a trait with you. You're always moving, reaching out to people, making connections, trying to figure out you know, what people add value here or there, how you can add value for them, and then building relationships. And that's a, like you were asking me about my last job, that's, I had that trait before that job. I think I'm good at that, but I really honed it in that job. And you've honed it doing your work over all these years and from a younger age than I would have ever even thought about that. Before I even acknowledged it, technically. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm it's sure. very, 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 just crazy to look back at big time now are you also because you had said like you want to be able to focus on on get great at one thing and obviously that's music mm 
But right. you are still making some time looking into this other shit. So are you like a huge Bitcoin guy? Or like when you say crypto, uh, what do you mean? Um, yeah, crypto crypto is a distraction, but also a blessing for me. Like, <laughs> it distracts me from my music and my content. But it also is setting me up for financially for the future <laughs> as I learn more and invest more. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm I'm very thankful for it because like you can I feel like it's it's bad to like if you want to focus on one thing it's it's good to focus on one thing and it's very helpful too but when you're forcing it and not allowing yourself to do what whatever you're supposed to be like whatever other you want to do yeah yeah Yeah. then that's not healthy like that's kind of like it's like it's being tunnel vision in a way Mm. um and I feel like once you're tunnel vision, like it kind of, like, there's a there's a balance that you need to have between like I feel um, with honing down on 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 honing down on what you need to work on and develop and developing discipline for it, whatever that thing is, and then having the balance between like smiling like Elon Musk is like right. enjoying enjoying right. your time. And those also tie together as well. Um, so you enjoy you enjoy learning about crypto and I, doing things. Yeah, like. definitely, big time. How'd you get into that? Um, like, I, so uh, it started with uh, that break from from musically in uh, in 2017. Okay. Um, I just wanted to start making a lot of money. For <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to make money? Yeah, but, we were all um, there. Yeah, I, I got into Amazon FBA. Um, and the what? Amazon FBA. It's like a. The fuck is that? It's like you get to sell products on Amazon, technically. Oh, that's the name of that program. Yeah. Okay. So Got Amazon it. FBA. Um, I wanted to learn a little bit about affiliate affiliate marketing. Um, I opened like three drop shipping businesses, a cosmetic <laughs> store, um, a, a clothing store, a watch store, and yeah, I, I created all of these. Um, just trying to build income for myself. And then some of those people that I was learning from YouTube, like on how to do this, they were into crypto as well. And then that introduced me to crypto. And were they using crypto to like do some of their payments or I accept it as payment as well? Or I think it, it just came up on my like recommended at that mm. point, like because I was looking at Algorithm. so many, yeah, I was looking at so many just like financial related videos. Um, crypto came about and then I bought my first Bitcoin with musically money. <laughs> Um, you bought a full Bitcoin. Yeah, at, at seventeen. You still have that? Nah. God damn so, it, dude. That that I'm so glad I learned from that though. Um, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, but I, I bought uh, my first Bitcoin. It was eleven thousand at. Uh, she bought that in like September, October, twenty seventeen. Yeah, like October twenty seventeen. Um, and that's just like I used to live stream all the time on Musically, like every single day, and I was able to make a pretty decent amount of money for myself at the age of 16 17 what now did you get into other cryptocurrencies as well right away or were at, you at kind time, of pure bitcoin at the time uh it was just like coin there weren't a lot of apps yet i feel right. like in a lot of there weren't enough exchanges yet. i mean there were but like trustworthy exchanges yes so i got on um coinbase and then bought my first bitcoin there um definitely was just trying to get my parents really into it as well um were you successful encouraged uh, it was going well 11,000 11, up to 20,000 
And I was like, yeah, we going up. And then I was like, Ew. Bitcoin to 40,000. Yeah. Yeah, right down the ski slope there, baby. Yeah. And um, kind of just uh, after I went back to, after I went back to what my initial investment was, um, I, well, I think I, I ended up losing money, essentially, overall. Like, I, I, I just we panicked. all did yeah, in I 2017. Yeah. I panicked, so I was like, you know what? This is the end of crypto. Like, this is going to go down <laughs> from here. Um, so, yeah, I sold and then spent that money on who knows what, on liabilities as opposed to assets. Bad, mm. bad move. Um, but, yeah, I lost that money. And then I got into Forex uh, about two years later. So, actually, was it two years later? You were doing or was it? You were doing currency exchange trading. Yeah. So, <laughs> I about a. I, it was either a year. I don't know. I don't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 that I got into forex. But a lot of people like there's a lot of forex groups that like that like there's um that they like recruit people in. They get residual mm-hmm. income weekly, but also make money from the trades. It's a borderline pyramid scheme. A borderline pyramid scheme. Yeah. Not exactly a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Border- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I got into Forex, uh, and Forex taught me how to just read support and resistance levels, mm. which definitely apply to crypto, but crypto is a lot more volatile, but it's definitely helped me have a better understanding of how the market works. And then you came back to crypto. And I came back to crypto in 2021. But I was using the same platform that you use for Forex um, called MetaTrader, MetaTrader 4. Um, It allows you to trade options, which is super risky. I lost a lot of money because... Yeah, that shit's... I tell people not to do that. Like there's a there's a you you can use a demo account for for MetaTrader Four. So I was making a lot of money with my demo account. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? If Shit's I'm doing easy. all these good demo trades, let me just do the real trade because the same market. And <coughs> yeah, I was just losing thousands of dollars at a time. And um, I was like, okay, that's that's that. But I definitely took all that all those losses and was able to like learn a lot more. <laughs> and um. I got back into the market this year, actually, when it comes to crypto, 2021. And what, what are you in? I'm in Cardano, something called VeChain. There's Vitho and VeChain, VeChain Thor and VeChain. Um, Harmony One. Uh, my biggest holding is Cardano currently, though. I don't hold any Bitcoin, now, any yeah. Ethereum, personally. Now, Cardano, I know. Cardano is a more... I don't like calling anything in the space legit. I will call Bitcoin legit, but yeah. nothing's guaranteed. Like 100%. Bitcoin, I think is a beautiful, beautiful invention. It's it's pretty incredible. It's nothing's perfect, but it's one of the closer things towards perfect that I've ever seen created mm-hmm. in money. When you look at the context of monetary history and where human beings were on the innovation cycle and the size of economies and ability cycle, but nothing's guaranteed in there. That said, like my attitude is massive skepticism towards anything else. Now, I do have, I would say, a solid level of knowledge on Ethereum. I would never call myself an expert, nor would I own Bitcoin either. But Ethereum, to me, has a user adoption, the whole DeFi concept and how that can take away legacy financial systems power on monetary access is huge that said 
they still have to move to Ethereum 2.0 because for people that aren't in there and don't understand, every time you transact on Ethereum, especially if you're in like NFTs, you can gas see it there. Gas fees. The gas fees are insane. insane. They're insane. And they I fluctuate. I just minted a couple of F- NFTs and I was like, what are yeah. these gas fees? You can, you can pay triple the price. <laughs> and that's a little ridiculous. But sometimes it could be something like that. So that's not sustainable. The idea to me is very, very good. And like I look at that idea from the lens of I view a world where if this all goes right and the powers that be don't stop this from happening in some way, we have a world that is based off of Bitcoin as the store of value, but Bitcoin is not the currency. I never see that happening. I think that I still think that Bitcoiners that are like, it's going to be the currency. I think I don't think they have a good argument. I think that Bitcoin is gold on steroids and HGH and everything else. It's way better. And we'll, right, we'll have a currency below it, which yeah. is why like, I got to look into Cardano more. Again, my idea is to be a little more skeptical, but I look at that as interesting because even though my current bet without a ton of confidence is that a quote-unquote currency that will eventually be built off of Bitcoin as a value – would come on the Ethereum blockchain. Even though that's a bet, it's the farthest thing from like more than just leader in the clubhouse in the first quarter of the race here. So like something like Cardano, which I know less about, right. I've heard a lot of people talk about, hey, I don't know if it's like it's going to be its total own separate entity, if that's how they view it. I don't know if it can have something on it that's built towards Bitcoin, but I'll listen to something if we're talking about making some type of currency that's below that world in the Bitcoin universe in the world where crypto wins, which I think can happen. It's just a matter, again, like will it? So like what what drew you towards Cardano in particularly? Um, Cardano, it was... Uh, partially Charles Hoskinson, who was behind it. He's a, mm. like, mathematical genius. And he also, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was a part of Ethereum's development. Um, and also just, like, seeing that, I out of all the altcoins, I feel like it's definitely, well, I mean, not out of all of the altcoins, because they all have kind of different purposes. But, um, I just, I just saw a lot of potential in it, honestly. And I can't necessarily pinpoint what it was, but I I still have a lot of faith in Cardano. <laughs> I still have a lot of faith in Cardano. Do you it, think that they're going to be able to run like a market like NFTs has given Ethereum, despite the gas fees, a ton of legitimacy because that's how a lot of it's executed. Do you see something like that, even just NFTs themselves? I don't know anything about this with Cardano, if it's already happening a little bit. I haven't heard anything, but it could be. Do you see something like that being able to operate on that system and therefore giving it more of a user base, meaning more people adopt it because it's out of necessity and then see that it's a good use case for it and then start to actually look at it as something legit? Definitely. And there's a, there's a lot of talk about like Cardano kind of being the solution to, to the issues with Ethereum. And Ethereum has been working on their Ethereum 2.0, but it's like... Cardano already launched their smart contracts last last month mm. and um it's kind of like I almost feel like it's up to Ethereum 2.0 and or Cardano to kind of be the um to be the front runner of their of their lane and I feel like Cardano's winning the race in a sense. Yeah, I got to look at it more. Cardano's definitely, dope. Definitely on the I've had a I've had a few different people who I like really trust as far as they're not 
they're not chasing waterfalls or anything. They're yeah. not even big crypto people. They're like more tech science people. And they're like, no one's been like, yo, this is the thing. But they're all like, we need to look at this. This is this is interesting. They do think it's going to crash because it's run far too far. And that's just how things work. But again, like Bitcoin crashes over time too. Like any pathway to adoption is going to have bumps. It's got big bumps. It's yeah. just how it works. But I think that where it's such a weird point in the world, like I'm a huge history buff and you talk about coincidences, mm. not a coincidence that Bitcoin's created three weeks after the entire financial system fails and it starts trading two months before the bottom of the market in 2009. That's not a coincidence. The timing and how everything lined up and the lack of, I mean, I don't know how much you know about that, but that was my world finance. So I was very aware of how the whole what financial crisis went down and right. what happened. And like, that was such a seminal moment in world history, even way more than we give it credit for at this time. And so knowing that across all the other factors and then adding in Bitcoin and that whole movement towards quote unquote crypto that was born out of that, it's like, whoa, okay. If everything else is affecting all these things that I know so much, like including the wealth gap and major geopolitical issues around the world that we've seen in the 12, 13, 14 years since, well, what's why are we going to make an argument that one of the solutions in a movement of people creating it isn't going to be something that a lot of people in a quote-unquote internet world can find a way to get behind again you have to worry about powers that be not wanting this to happen because if a government can't control money what do they control nothing you know it's it's a very weird thing so i don't really know how to view it but i'm going to stay skeptical on like the the individual names Whereas the space itself led by Bitcoin, I'm very, very, very bullish on. So I, I think more people like – I think more people in the Gen Z and millennial generations have to start looking at this as a concept, mm -hmm. period, right? Rather than the people who are in there, which still aren't enough, looking at it just purely in investment principles, which is very easy to do. Most people I know, that's kind of how they look at it. We have to get more philosophical about it, in my opinion, because that's how... finance. Yeah, well. exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a fucked up world in finance. Let me tell you. You mentioned the powers to be. Uh, I think, is that what you said? Powers yeah, yeah, powers yeah. that be. That be. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what is your perception on powers beyond the, the U.S. government? If you have a perception or yeah, yeah, where do you stand on uh on powers beyond the US government? We're getting our tinfoil hats out here. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I try to look at everything with as much reality injected to the situation that I can. So like when it comes to conspiracies, mm -hmm. right? Let's just go all the way to the top. Oh man. <laughs> You're walking into. I had to the, put my you, dad in here. You're walking into the wolves den right here with this one. But when it comes to those things, mm -hmm. the word conspiracy, and I'm gonna get. I'm not reading off Merriam-Webster's, but the right. general idea of it is that it involves any group of people who are in the know on something that other people aren't, and they use that thing to their advantage to do something, quote unquote, conspire for their own interests or even straight up against the interests of people not in that group. Mm. When you are looking at any group of people, a group of two people who run a small business somewhere, in the most micro sense, right. 
there's some level of conspiracy if like let's say I run a I run a candy store, right? Yeah. And I know that I'm selling this chocolate bar for a dollar thirty five this week instead of a dollar twenty five because people want it and it's not really worth that, but the demand's there, so I'm just gonna do it and not tell anyone and they're just gonna pay it. That's a level of conspiracy. Yeah. Right. So once you really dumb down the word, it goes to everything. So when you get to powerful big bodies, governments, organizations, corporations, whatever, around the world, yes, there's a level of conspiracy. Do I think that like <laughs> do I think that people are raping kids in in the bottom of pizza parlors like, you know, the whole like right-wing conspiracy was a few years ago? No. Like that shit's crazy. Like that shit doesn't happen. I I, I don't want to say I don't know where shit happens, but that yeah. shit that they were pointing out, that that's crazy. Do I think though that the Federal Reserve, for example, knows a lot of things about how money is supplied and what their effects are on the economy that maybe some people can talk about in public, but they're not in the meetings recording it to actually hear it from the from their mouths while they market it then to the public afterwards? Absolutely. It's conspiracy there. So you talk about specifically like outside the US government. Of yeah, course there like is. Powers beyond. Powers that kind of like mm, almost control how the government is operating and commanding who do you people. think that is let's get um, your thoughts on this first uh i want to say hey i don't want to you know what i'm going to talk about it so um i think uh one of the uh situations that our world is currently going through um is is strongly um driven more so than the government i feel like it's more so driven by pharmaceutical companies and when mm. it comes to like vaccine vaccine mandates etc like that mm. and i'm not considering myself an anti-vaccine person or a pro-vaccine person i'm just a definitely make the decision of your own type of person right. um what's 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 best for you and um also just be considerate of others uh but i also feel like rather than the entire government as a whole being the one to push to push this amongst people there's organ there's corporations organizations um in the pharmaceutical world which is very 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 big yeah <laughs> um and if i'm not mistaken i believe i might be wrong on this um no nah, i think i'm i am wrong on this but Overall, pharmaceutical. I feel like pharma. I feel like pharmaceutical companies just have a lot of have their hand in a lot of things, such as the government and media. And um, essentially, it is a very. Uh, it's just something that people don't pay attention to, and people should pay attention to more. I agree. I think you know. I feel like nobody should 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 be listening to one. Um, Yes. I mean, yeah, one thing, and yes. people don't realize that they're listening to the narrative of, of set by someone that they, they're not seeing or probably doesn't know exists. So there was a podcast episode that came out this past week. It came out at a perfect time because mm -hmm. it was on Wednesday while I was doing Adobe Photoshop edits. So that's when I can listen to podcasts. And it was it was on Rogan, of course. He gets the best ones. And it was Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay Gupta. Did you wow. see this? I haven't seen his. I haven't heard his name in years, bro. 
Are you thinking of the right person? He's the guy on CNN. He's yeah. the doctor on CNN. I remember him. Like, I remember, so you're not watching CNN. Bro, so, he's on there every yeah, day. I grew up. I grew up watching CNN at my yeah. grandparents' house because my grandfather is just is news always on. Yeah. News always on. But I haven't heard Sanjay Gupta since since then. Listen to that. Definitely for sure. I I want to listen to it again. Is he still on CNN? Yeah. Okay. I was stunned. I'm, I I saw that come across. I'm like, I'm seeing that wrong. Joe Rogan's having on the medical guy from CNN because, like, you know, he's what? talked about suing them recently because of some of the shit they said about him on TV that was just wrong. And I got to tell you, I, I I respected the fuck out of Gupta. Gupta, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, for doing it. I think he made some good cases. I think Rogan made some good cases, too. I mean, I'm, I, I didn't have hesitation with the vaccine. I wasn't worried about it. My yeah. whole thing is a lot of what you're referring to, which is the control and the division they're trying to sow with people with a corporation in the middle of it to make money. Absolutely. That stuff happens. And I think that that has created more mistrust in the situation. So to see a guy from CNN who he knew what he was walking into, he knew that Rogan had legitimate beef with things that his network, he's not doing it, but his network's doing it that had been showing up there. And he knew he was going to get that. And, and he, he did. And, I respected the fuck out of that, but I felt like even though he made some arguments that I agreed with and then somewhere it's like Rogan just mollywopped him, just beat him. I think having the conversation out in the open like that with someone yeah. who is at least at some level a high insider yeah. on a very open, traditionally open platform like Joe Rogan's podcast was fucking awesome. And I hope, of course, I saw people politicizing the fuck out of it online afterwards, either like calling Sanjay Gupta Hitler or calling him the second coming of Jesus Christ, and it's depending on what you think. And I, I didn't take any of that. I was more so like, this is how we need to talk about this stuff, because this takes that quote-unquote high-level conspiracy of this stuff and at least brings some of the conversation there so that people can feel like they have a little bit more information. You talk about these companies though and what they do. Of course, they're they're it's just like a bank, dude. Like they're all to me, the one place I don't know if I'll disagree with you, but you didn't say this part, so feel free to disagree. The one place where I'll definitely add to it is that you can't just say pharmaceuticals. Yeah. It's absolutely banks, it's absolutely tech companies, it's all these other places that still, you know, they're reporting to daddy. Right. They're reporting to the government, and the government gets to decide who their favorite kids are that make money. And so, like, you know, I, I see with this vaccine, we're going to have – it's something we may have to take every year. Could I see them having the ability to make one we just have to take once? Sure. I don't know. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. But that wouldn't be advantageous monetarily for them. And so if they, if they go out there and, and they make us do that every year, you know, if they get charged with it in court eventually, I'm not going to write the judge's a, a leniency letter at sentencing. Mm -hmm. Put it that way. But the rest of it is like I don't fucking care. You know, but there is a concern and it's not just at that level. It's on a broader scale to me of powerful bodies around the world interacting with each other in ways that continue to sow dissent among the rest of us. And so, like, have you looked at like the wealth gap data at all? No, but I I do remember you mentioning wealth gap not too long ago. I've talked I've talked about it. It's it's one of my favorite topics, but it's a real thing. It's mm -hmm. been happening since the nineteen eighties. The it's chart increasing. Yeah, yeah. So the the global recession in two thousand eight just split it like a fucking V, 
And so I do think that the quote unquote powerful parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, I mean, it's, it's a two party system, even around the world, if they're not called that, it's mostly two parties. They exist, especially in the most powerful countries outside of one party systems that exist for the same reason. They exist to convince everyone that they don't like each other on certain lines and they go pick out things that have some truth to them. They pick out things like some racism and some things where there's not equality and stuff. And instead of recognizing the source of the issues and trying to fix those, they try to convince people that it's far worse than it's ever been because mm-hmm. that's what sells panic. With the power of media. Yes. And I think exactly. overall it's divide and conquer at, at its, at its finest, but it's finding different ways to divide people. And uh, essentially, that's another thing that I just want to promote: unity. Yes, <laughs> unity and positivity. There's no, there's no reason why we can't all live in harmony. And um, I feel like there's just some people um, in power who who do call a lot of the shots. Yes. That, um, in my opinion, might not have. Like, it, it really depends on how you look at it. Like, some people might not really have the just the best intention for um for humanity as a whole yes and then some of those people might i think like i look at it sometimes like some of those people may have just convinced themselves to a certain extent that what they're doing is better for the future of humanity in a sense or like just of better for the for the way that things better for the way things should be run but essentially i feel like there's a mix between some people who feel like they're doing the right thing and some people who are just uh, finding ways to maintain power and, and, and have more power. It's a very mature way of looking at it. As, the way that I like to look at people as a whole, like I don't see anyone as bad. Like mm. I look, I, when I look at people, I see everyone for the innocent child that they were born as to be. And, and then I look, I look at that and then, I tell myself, like, if someone is a really bad person, life really treated them wrong at some point. Like, you can't just be born and just be like a, I'm evil right. <laughs> type of person. Like, life had to have done something to you. And I right. feel like if you can really just, like, have a, a, like, there's only some people, unless somebody feels like the world is against them. Like, there's only some, like, everyone, everyone just had, has, has been through so, through something and, um essentially like I, I, I guess I have a soft spot for everybody. And and it's this dangerous thing. Um because like I've I've been stepped on in my life. Sure. Um due to that. But like essentially like everyone has like that I think that core innocence that, that, yes. that comes with birth is it remains in everyone and there's only very, very, there's only certain environments where that comes out unless you're just that person. But like once you've gotten yourself to the, we'll call it the dark side. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to really like pull that out. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's uh, it's just the way it is. You know what I'm finding What's in that? connecting with people? in this job and talking Mm -hmm. with different people on the internet who reach out and I reach out to them, I'm finding that there are a lot more really 
I shouldn't say a lot. You know what? Fuck it. I'll say a lot more. The Gen Z generation does have part of it that is a worse version of my generation, the millennials, who has a lot of problems. I shit on my generation all the time for some of the things we do or don't do. But there are a lot of very, very deep, nuanced thinkers in the Gen Z generation who have an understanding of being able to kind of pull up and look at things from the core level, just like you described it. And that's such a mature way of looking at it because, yeah, people, they all start as a kid, just like you, mm -hmm. and you don't choose where you're born to. And, you know, there has to be, like, the biggest problem psychologically with Republicans and Democrats is that, like, you look at Republicans, they're overly pragmatic about fucking everything, right? And I'm generalizing, but in general, like, that's what it is. You look at Democrats, they're overly emotional about fucking everything. You have to have a balance of those two things. And so you should be able to say, and I'm paraphrasing the overall point of what you just said, you should be able to say there's a level of good and bad in everything. The ratios can just be a little different. And where I would say sometimes it can get lost is like, yeah, I do think when people are far enough on the dark side, they can lose totally who they are. Does that mean it's completely incapable of being pulled out again in a moment of trying humanity? No. But like, are there people who just generally do a lot of bad? Yeah, there are. It just, it, it is what it is. And I would hope you can reach people, but in a way less serious, but similar psychological parallel way. One of the things I did experience in a lot in my career and continue to experience today is like when you see someone who's great at something. And they have the ability to sit down and do it. You've seen it before. But you want it more for them than they want it for themselves. You can sit here and hype them up as much as you want. They might even be someone who has affirmation as a love language. But then, you know, they leave the room, they go off on their own again, and they don't want it. Right? So it's a similar thing, way more serious when you're talking about people who are doing evil. You might be I'm, – I'm curious about those people. Like if I just sat down with them, not on camera, just, just mm -hmm. talk with them in a closed room. Exactly, right? Like one-on-one. -on -one. Would I get through so that when they left the room, they wouldn't be like that? Some people you don't. You may be able to get through a little bit in the room, but then they walk back out and they go, fuck this. This is me. Right? right? And, and it's, it's a weird thing because you don't want to discard people, but when you're looking at people in power – there comes a point where there are enough actions over a long period of time that you can be like, hey, this person is not too great. And yeah, I, I think we have a huge opportunity right now and it can go the wrong way. And the cynic in me says it's going to go the wrong way. But we're, we're in a Biden presidency and we were just in a Trump presidency. And I don't like either of these guys. <laughs> I would have said, I actually did say it, like right when Afghanistan was going down. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, the Biden administration hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. Boom. And then ever since then, just like yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. But these, I, and I knew like, it's horrible that he's like this scapegoated guy who's not doing anything. But I'm like, the administration hadn't been, a, the bar was so low, it wasn't a train wreck. But like, we've had these two opposite people in office who are, highly controversial for different reasons and it's like there's a lot of division coming from it and that's what i'm worried about but i kind of also wonder if enough people are now having the opportunity to wake up and be like yo this all ain't it because like for example i know a lot of people who perfectly understandably so were firmly like hardcore anti-trumpers who voted for biden they weren't excited about it, but they voted for him and now they don't like trump at all like that's not the issue but they're 
they're very hardcore like anti Bideners now. And I'm like, okay, let's let's keep that energy. Now let's find out where we're at. You know, let's find out where there's a third lane here and how many people are in it and if we can be loud about it. The question I have is extremism tends to get attention. Is moderation gonna get attention? I'm betting that maybe it can, but I'm not confident in that bet. I wish I was. Yeah. It's heavy. Sorry. No, no, no. I feel you. Um, I just, man, I just, I just want people to, to, to look, to look within themselves more. And, and like you said, the word wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, a lot of people are, are being, and this is not my own term, so nobody take this as an insult, but sheep. Um, mm. And it's like the puppet masters are 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 winning, <laughs> are winning the are winning the battle essentially. I th- I think that they found a great way to divide people with yeah. a vaccine, big time. And and I think it's very much, I do think it's very intentional. I but I look at the media like the media and like headlines and like narratives and just like seeing the way that things can be easily twisted for example like Nicki Minaj never necessarily declared being an anti-vax vaccine person but I mean even the term anti-vaxxer like created a part of a narrative like um and then like her being declared one by all media outlets after just saying that she's uncomfortable um, making that decision and putting something into her bloodstream that she is not familiar with and something that hasn't been around when she's lived 20-something or 30-something years in her life without having to do that. Like, there, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. And then to to paint the picture in the media and and kind of put a bad name over that person because of that personal decision um, definitely is, is creating a certain narrative. And, and it pushes um, people more to question it. Yeah. Which is, questioning is, is amazing. Um, but I mean, it's just like, it's essentially just the division and like fueling the division is is, is what is very frustrating to me. I, um, I love uh, the fact that people have the opportunity to, to just converse though. Conversation, I feel like, is going to be the solution to most things and not people people not getting too emotional in that conversation and letting yes. it just be one-sided like people actually taking the time to listen to one another but being able to do all of that all starts with knowledge of self and being able to understand yourself more you're going to be able to be more patient with other people you're going to be able to be more understanding of other people's perspective and you're going to be more more patient with people essentially and we have an enormous crisis of self-awareness in this country right now with with specifically with belief systems people preach one thing and they don't realize that other actions point to the direct opposite and it exists in every direction i could point out examples every single day and i i've been caught in those two streams i've been left in my life i've been right in my life i i know what that's like i know and i'm i'm not i have plenty of people who are listening who are one way or the other so like i'm not calling out everyone i think sometimes if you go hard enough and get deep enough into it you can start to make yourself in those situations every time that you get into that actual situation you make yourself believe things and you start to not you talk about not questioning you don't question shit people start 
a movement politically getting behind one idea that's very passionate to them. And mm -hmm. then suddenly they'll believe a hundred others and not think about why they believe it just because their guy who, who has their one thing in his back pocket of that's something I agree with as a political person. Well, that's my God now. And it's like, this is not how it should be. And that, that's, that's a bad effect to Trump in the sense that, and, and you could say it with Obama too. I just think Trump was a way bigger deal with it. He, he was the guy. Mm -hmm. He was the attention, the rock, the quote unquote rock star. You know, he's hilarious, like as an entertainer, which doesn't help as far as like people love that. I mean, I, I love that about him. I continue, I'll tell you, I'd watch that guy read the fucking phone book. It's hysterical, <laughs> right? But, you know, he made that personal brand the whole thing and then people get they get it's a human you get attached to it whereas if it's politician x and politician y and here are the ideas and here's how we're going to try to execute much healthier way of looking at things i understand it's going to be very hard to live in that world though you know it's that's not a, it's not an easy thing With what you were saying on lack of self-awareness i always wonder to myself if it's a flaw in our in our system that starts with like the educational system mm. um or it's completely intentional, like from the creators of a system that we live in. But then again, it's like everything is a little, di it is a little different depending on where you are, where you're from, what school you go to. Like it, it does double down yes. to that. But in yes. general, like in terms of like curriculums in general um, for the United States as a whole, um, is it intentionally set up this way for people to come to a point where they are completely not self-aware and trying to just like follow something outside of them or like look to everything outside of themselves or if it's just a flaw that will be fixed over time with people um just i think i learning. i think i understand what you're saying my answer to your question is yes I think it also, as in a flaw or intentional. To it's it's intentional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that just to be clear, it's intentional because I also think it sells. Mm -hmm. Like I said, division sells. Happiness, the want for happiness sells. Happiness in practice doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I think it also you do have to have some. I don't know what the percentage is, but there is some responsibility on me, on you, on everyone as an individual to understand certain things about themselves right. and we're not good at that as a society i'm not calling out any one person at all here i'm calling out all of them including very clearly myself at many right. points in my life and perhaps even now like there's probably some things that i should get more in touch with i I'll have to identify them i don't know what they are but it's this world where we have a cyclone of information all around us at all times and we get lost sometimes in just hearing things passively over and over and over again and then starting to assume that as truth. I think we should question things. I also don't think, though, that we should be, you know, I don't think we should be Alex Jones. I don't think we should go off the rails and, you know, think that, every, you know, the Obamas are abducting kids and raping them in their basement. Like, that shit's not happening. You know, it's not... Not that he said that, but you get my point. Like, Good. ridiculousness. Um, that's not where you should be, but there should be that healthy discussion that you talk about. And I, I hope to be one of many people who creates that kind of thing. Right. But you have to have a lot. 
You know, like right now, I think Russell Brand is a great one. I think Rogan's a great one. I think some of the guys in Rogan's tree, like Lex Friedman, is phenomenal. Lex Friedman, uh, he's been interviewed by Rogan? Yes. Okay. I'll show you his stuff. He's you know got I his... really like Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson's great, yeah. and he gets a bad rap. He gets he gets the wrong rap, in my opinion. But why why do you like Jordan? I he I feel like he speaks directly to me every time I'm listening to something. It's just like it's completely understood. Like the way that he explains things is just like is great and straight to the point. And it's like I don't know. I I've I've listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson. I, so when he says, "Gulliam, <laughs> you have to be a damn monster." You have to be a monster. You have to be tough. You have to know you could kill. But you can't be killed. That's that's how society was made, you know. So he's, I, he's speaking to you like he's that? He's dope. He's dope. He's, he's got a funny voice. I like, I he's, like this thing. He's a, he's, a, he's a great dude. I've listened to a lot of him, and I think... Um, yeah, it's just, everything he says, just, is, it, it resonates. It's not like anything that just flies over my head, I feel like. He's... He's a great. He's a phenomenal speaker overall. Yeah, he's he's he is very he is absolutely in that game. I feel like what he what he what he talks about, um, essentially like what he talks about is is very good to equip you to become going from a boy to a man. Mm. Like like he he can he can speak to you and and make you adopt the qualities of of like a of like what a how a proper man should carry themselves through society based on just the responsibilities that you should be taking and like the discipline. Like when I listen to him, it's just like, boom. I don't even know how to put it, but essentially it's just, he definitely, um, definitely just, he speaks right to me <laughs> big time. I, I would love to dig into that with you, but I, I just looked at the clock. Big I think time, I, yeah. I, I think your dad's gonna fucking kill I me. Know. Yeah, what time is it right now? Uh, it's two thirty. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, right. That's so perfect, yeah, let's yeah. let's let's get out of here. If for some reason he says we can stay, we'll be back right after the bump right now. Yeah. But I assume we're done. But yeah, dude, I gotta have you back. This, no, I, I would love to. Part two. This was great. I I like how you think. I think we only really scratched the surface today. We didn't have a ton of time. You ever but, done a You ever done a digital podcast like an e podcast? No. no. Yeah, you uh we'll you, never are you familiar? That. Oh, for real? Never. You know what? I don't blame you for that. No. Energy is completely different on a face to face level. So. I don't even have the app. Like I download Zoom when someone schedules a Zoom meeting. Right. Yeah, I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, this Respect. this this was awesome, dude. We'll we'll have you back. I, I gotta get you out of here before your parents come and kill me. Yes. But so thank you unity, for doing it. Unity and positivity, my friends. Come together, question things, have conversations and Thank you, Julian. Thank Julian, you, Julian. Julian man. Pleasure, bro. I appreciate we'll it. We'll do it again. Everyone else, you know what it is. Blessings. Give it a thought. Get back to me. <laughs>